Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. Today we're going to talk about that wonderful moment when the phone rings and the nurse from the clinic tells you that your pregnancy test has been positive. You've probably already cheated and gone to the chemist when your period was a day or so late and tried the urine testing kit, which is reasonably accurate, not 100%, but they're pretty good. It's more likely that it'll be negative when it's actually probably positive at that point in the cycle because low levels of HCG do, are not picked up by that test. If they've been on the shelf for a long time, you may get a positive test and raise your hopes. That may be unrealistic. Really, the the gold standard is a blood test to look for the hormone beta-HCG and what we're looking for are levels above 20. In a normal day-to-day life when you're not pregnant, the HCG levels, pregnancy hormone levels, should be less than 2. Once you get over 2, it is possible that you might be pregnant, but really, until you get to 20, you really can't say that a pregnancy is there. Those numbers between 2 and 20 most likely reflect the fact that you have actually conceived, that an embryo has formed, it has tried to attach to the lining of the womb, but the pregnancy hasn't gone on beyond the 14 days after ovulation. And what will happen is that either your period will come at the right time or a couple of days later, and if you weren't measuring the hormones, you would never have known that there was a sniff of a pregnancy. So the nurse tells you you've had a positive test, that the levels are, let's say, 50. What are the chances of having a baby at that point? Well, the truth is the odds are probably no better than 70 to 80%. And that's because in the next few days, those levels may fall. 
as the implanted embryo breaks down, a very, very, very early miscarriage. That's more likely if your levels are between 20 and 50. If they're over 50, the chances of a pregnancy move to being around 80% because that level of hormones two weeks after ovulation or fertilisation of uh, an embryo in IVF is indicative of a good, strong pregnancy. From that point on, generally what we do in our clinic is to repeat that test three or four days later because what should happen is that the HCG levels double every second day. So if your level today was 50, then in three days' time it should be something in the order of 150 to 200 because every second day the level doubles. If you follow that pattern, then your pregnancy is more likely to be successful. If your level was 50 today and in three days' time it was 75, although it's going up, one might be suspicious that the pregnancy is not a great pregnancy. With two good levels, what we generally do is organise an ultrasound scan for another week and a half later to show a pregnancy sac in the uterus. At six weeks by then, we should, in about 95% of ongoing pregnancies, see a fetal heart. And on the, the best machines, you, you would probably think it should be 100%. Once we have a fetal heart at six weeks, then your odds of having a baby in your arms eight months later is going to be in the order of 90%. Still not 100%. At eight weeks, a fetal heart seen on ultrasound says the pregnancy has a 95% chance of producing that baby. But in the meantime, in those two weeks, we have lost some pregnancies, some miscarriages have occurred. By 12 weeks, if there's a fetal heart present, the odds of losing a pregnancy are less than 1%. So you've got a 99% chance of having a baby in your arms. The risks of miscarriage from that description decline the further your pregnancy goes along. So each time we do an ultrasound, we can be more and more reassuring that it's all going to be wonderful and successful. So those early days of pregnancy are incredibly stressful, particularly for patients that have been through IVF. We did a study some years ago which showed, compared the stress levels of women who conceived naturally compared with those women who conceived through IVF. And the anxiety levels were substantially higher once you'd been through treatment. Obviously not because of the treatment, but because the reason for the treatment was that you were having trouble getting pregnant. And so, not surprisingly, you were very, very nervous about the outcome of your successful cycle. Recently, something talking about false positive pregnancy tests. Well, really the only false positives are with those, those kits from the chemists that do have a, a small, probably 2 to 5% false positive rate. And as I said earlier, you can have a positive blood test, but if it's in the lower range, certainly less than 20 and even less than 50, while there is a pregnancy there, because the only way the hormones can get into the bloodstream of the woman is because the placenta is producing the pregnancy hormone, those levels indicate a placenta that's not functioning particularly well and almost certainly not lead to a successful pregnancy. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. 
Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. 